All right, welcome to B.O. Boys. It's going to be Monday, March 9th. Fuck it, we're doing it live. It's a raw feed. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. And we're going to be talking about the weekend of the 6th. Friday the 6th. Okay. And, oh boy. This is, this is, uh... You know, it, this is quite a story. Well, we've got a lot of big stories. We've got we're of course going to cover um we're going to cover the new mo- movies that came out, the top mm-hmm. 10 as always, look at the next week. But just to state up top, at some point this episode, we're going to have a major coronavirus update. Listen, I just want to say going forward, yeah. With this virus, however it's going to play out, we are the one-stop shop mm-hmm. for your coronavirus I don't want to say needs, but news. Yes. Uh, all the news for the coronavirus? All the news that matters, yes. which is box office. So not where to get supplies. No, no. And They're all sold out. Get... It's all sold out. That's that's the thing. Not, there's no other news. It's just box office news. There's just box office news. And where goes the box office, there goes the world. Yep. And you'll see this. The more you listen to this show, you'll see how this, everything spreads from here. Right. From the B.O. Boys. Yes. We're, in the box office. Yes. We're the epicenter of the coronavirus. Absolutely. Well, there's a better way to say that. We're the patient zero of the coronavirus. We are We are patient zero for news okay. of the coronavirus. Okay. Okay. It all spreads from here. Could that spread, be our tagline? It all spreads from here is great. Yeah. So let's first, though, talk about something that's probably making a lot of executives at Disney sick. Wow. Onward. Now, this was on my bombs list, so I got to I gotta give myself a little pat on the back. Good for you. I'm clapping it up for you. Because this opened at 40. Wow. And I know it didn't open in the usual avenue that these Pixar movies open up. It we didn't knew. get the June slot that the Pixar movies usually get or now. Or the Thanksgiving. It right. didn't – none of the big holidays – Kids weren't even out of school. Do you think the kids the kids smelled this one because of their release date? They they looked at this calendar and they said, a Pixar movie coming out the first week in March? Something's wrong. I think you're This higher... must be a troubled production. That is what your average third grader might have been saying this week. I do think there's higher functioning kids out there that did go into the that thought process. But I do think, like we talked before, they have that instinctual smell. Mm-hmm. They know what stinks and what right. stinks. Right, right. And if you're a kid and you don't even know how to read a calendar, say you're one and a half, two. Okay. You smelled this thing. Right. You just saw a poster and you smelled it. Right. It wasn't the good B.O. smell. It was the bad B.O. smell. Right. They smelled a stinker. So, so this opened at 40. This that, opened at 40. That is pretty bad. That is that is a huge, uh, not a disaster, but we're in good dinosaur territory. Well, it barely beat Good Dinosaur, which opened at 39. Okay. And it ranked under Ratatouille, which opened at 47. And that was a long time that ago. That was 2007. Yeah. So that was a long time ago, although that is a smaller opening for one of those movies. Mm-hmm. And reading the Deadline article... Whoever wrote this article said that Ratatouille was too arty for people. Okay. So a rat cooking is too arty for this deadline reporter. So this is just kind of level of- More of, more in the Disney tank. 
stuff from Deadline, uh, yeah, as usual. Yeah, it, the reason Ratatouille didn't do as well is because it was arty. Mm-hmm. And that movie still did fairly decently. But the thing with Onward that is so bad is that the past couple years, you've had big movies during this time. You've had a couple weeks into Black Panther's run. You had Captain Marvel. Right. You had movies that were doing Bafa Boba. Right. You had Get Out. You you had movies that were opening big in this corridor. Right. And this is putting the box office behind the eight ball mm-hmm. at a time where they can't afford it mm-hmm. because they're going to lose a lot of they're going to lose a lot of people. I think go into the movies with this coronavirus. Right. Now that's not being blamed for how badly this is doing. Mm-hmm. Not at least in America. Internationally, it's not doing well, and I think it's because a lot of people are staying home. But we're talking domestic because we talk domestic here, and this is just a movie that people didn't want to see. Mm-hmm. It was a movie that I don't think people understood what it was about. There's no, There was no hook to this movie. And I do think there's a lot of confusion about Onward and Soul, where neither of these are sequels. They're both originals. Neither of them have very clear premises, at least in the advertising, and they're both one-word movies. And I think that there is confusion in the marketplace of, wait, is that the trailer I saw for Pixar? Is that one? And they're like, I- I'm I'm too confused. I can't go. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it. It's too much work. It's it's it is too much work, and people already have enough work. Yeah, it's a they're gig out there economy. Trying to, Gig economy, they're out there trying to find masks. You know, it's 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 tough out there. And what do we say about masks? They're all sold out. Yep. They're all sold out. So don't worry about it. Don't go look at the news for coronavirus masks. Because you're not going to find it. Right. So onward. Do we have any other things to say about it? Well, do we think – what do we think the long-term story is for this? Because Pixar movies historically do leg out really well. You know, they, they have good multipliers. Even something like Good Dinosaur got into the, what, 130s or so all domestic when all of a sudden. Done. Like, is, is Onward going to be a bomb? Is this movie going to, like, it's got to make 100? Well, Good Dinosaur only ended up with 123. Q. Huh. So Onward could be in that same trajectory because Mulan is coming. In the next few weeks. Right. And I know you think Mulan is going to bomb. I think it's going to bomb really bad. We'll get into that because it actually got a bump domestically when we were when I was looking at Box Office Pro. Okay. And what they're estimating, it actually went up okay. some million dollars because I think a lot of people in America are excited for that okay. movie. It's Listen, over, I want everything to be a success. It's over in China and those other avenues where it's really going to tank just because of coronavirus right so i do think that that could suck off a lot of the viewers Mm -hmm. for onward they're going to get sucked off into milan right and that's not good for it no you don't want the onward viewers getting sucked off all the money is going the same place but you still don't want to see a pixar movie do this bad of business i think it's going to do less than good dinosaur so you're thinking Low hundreds, like barely over a hundred. Barely over a hundred. That's a disaster. That's a Pixar catastrophe. Because also looking at that's a that's a do we bring Lasseter back moment? I mean, has he done his time? Has he even left yet? 
yet. I think he's I think not he's even left still yet. there. Or he might run another studio. Actually, I forget. He might. He might be running like Blue Sky or one of those. We'll look that up. We never want to spread false information other than about coronavirus because whatever, it's fine. But I think Lasseter might already be at another studio. But after a disaster like Onward, Pixar is definitely making some phone calls. Yeah, I think so. I think they need a new direction because it just the their movies that haven't been sequels have just underperformed and not been something that people want. Right. I mean, Inside Out was a huge hit. But that was 2015, and that was really its last one because... That might as well be 200 years ago in box office time. When you look at Coco, Coco is a movie that opened at 50, legged out to $209 million, which is respectable, but it, it ain't it ain't Pixar money. Well, it's it's sort of like what we might see this year with Marvel, where... Do we need to lower the bar? Was the bar set too high by just an incredible streak that can't be duplicated? And do we have to start readjusting the new normal of what a Pixar movie hit really is? You know, where it's domestic, yeah, it's in the hundreds and a couple of hundred worldwide. We can't we can't expect every Pixar movie to be a billion dollar baby. It's it's true, but it's disappointing because when you look at Disney, not that we want to root, we want to root for box office. Yes, but and rooting for box office definitely is rooting implies for, rooting for Disney. Yeah, because you're going to see their Star Wars movies are tanking. They're not going to be another Star Wars movie for another couple of years. Yeah, then you're going to have the Marvel movies diminishing returns. Yes. I mean, it's just going to happen. Yeah, especially this year. The two Marvel movies coming out, I think, are going to both be on the lower end of what we've seen from Marvel. And then you have Pixar not holding its own. This is pretty devastating for the company that was riding really high. You might have two Pixar movies come out in the same year and combine do less business than Toy Story 4 did itself last year. Oh, that's a great... Let's look at that. Because domestically, Toy Story 4 did 434 mil. Okay. Domestically. that Those two movies are not going to make that. No. Because if, if Onward's ceiling is, let's say, it legs out to three and a half times its opening, then that is $140 million. Mm-hmm. And then let's say Soul does better than expected and does like over 200 it's not even close not even close so toy story 2 will do better than both of their movies combined this year toy story 4 i mean yeah you got your franchises you've got your popular franchises that you no longer you've you've squeezed all the blood from those stones Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can't if you do an incredibles 3 it's can't open the next couple years because then it's just people aren't going to be as excited Mm -hmm. the thing with with but they're not going to be able to wait that so after these two movies come out and both do middling business at best pixar is gonna they might even look at a ratatouille and be like we might we might have to bring that rat back to life and it's very easy to do a a a ratatouille too because you just put a two in the middle of the word yes Yes, Ratatouille. Yeah. Perfect. And then it's also a backdoor sequel to Wally. Ratatouille. Wally. Wally. 
do a big crossover. Do it. Do it. They're, they might be that desperate. He gets frozen. Ratatouille gets frozen on a spaceship. Yep. And he's cooking for all the fatsos. Yep. And then Wally has to fight him. Just make them fight. It's easier. It's an easier story if they're fighting. They might need to throw away some of the nuanced storytelling that they pride themselves in just to churn this shit out. Yeah. And get, you know what? I don't know if Disney owns it or not, but they should just like buy the Paw Patrol IP and put that in a Pixar movie. You Pixar know, needs that kind of sh- shot in the ass. You know they need? What? Sonic. They needed Sonic. Wow. If Iger would have bagged Sonic, his career would still be on track mm-hmm. and things would be looking up. Yep. I don't know. It's right. It's crazy to judge somebody that is so successful for one mistake. But we could do it. We must do it. Yeah. We must do it. Yeah. The B.O. boys say Bob Iger failed because he didn't bring Sonic into the Pixar Disney fold. Yep. And that's the kind of straight shit you're going to get from us. Yep. Yeah. Pixar might have to just start sequeling these old movies. Another Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, Finding... Even Cars. Finding Cars in the water. Just have a car drive off a, a It's bridge. a mobster car. Yeah. It's a mobster car. Drives into the water. Nemo and Dory have to team up and find the car's car. That it's got cement blocks on its tires. Yep. I mean, this stuff writes itself. Exactly. You get Scorsese's character from Fishtail or whatever that right. movie they is. They could buy that. They idea. can buy that, too. Just start buying things. Yeah. Because this onward shit is not going to fly. So, Sonic. Well- before we get to okay. before we get to that, because yeah. we'll talk about Sonic. Yeah. Let's talk about number two. Okay. Invisible Man. Down forty six percent, fifteen point one million, fifty two point seven million dollar cube. Nice. I mean, it's great. It it was a seven million dollar budget. Great. This and that's a good hold for a horror, for a horror movie. That's a great yeah, hold. Yeah, it's a great hold. Forty six percent drop for a horror movie is spectacular because. It's more of a thriller. Yeah. And that word got out. Yeah. And Elizabeth Moss is on her way to being a, a movie star. Agree to disagree. I was um, hanging out this weekend with one of our listeners, okay. one of our wannabe old boys, Scott. All right. Won't give last names because, you know, we don't we don't want to. We don't want to incriminate anybody. Incriminate, or I was going to say, give that level of free publicity. Okay. So we'll we'll stop it at Scott wannabe old boy, and we were talking about the Invisible Man, and he agreed with me. Elizabeth Moss is going to be a movie star. What a great large sample size. Yeah, one other person. How many people are we supposed to talk to in a week? A hundred. A hundred, or I don't believe it. So I have to talk to a hundred people about Elizabeth Moss. Yep, that's your standard polling. A hundred people. That's the minimum for a poll to even hold any sway. Could it be and it has to be a hundred people that are representative of the population? Yes. Oh come on. That's too much work. One person who is just like me, that's enough. That's He's where one we go other wrong. person who I've known for thirty years and we have all the same opinions. How about at least five people? No. Can you do five people, one is a woman? Can you do that? Can I do Ask your wife. I have to ask her about Elizabeth Moss? Yes. Okay. I'll text her. All right. So I will. Okay. Here's. Okay. 
I will, in the next week, talk to five different people. And Scott doesn't count. No, no, no. He's one. So four no, more no, people. No, no, no. Why he's, wouldn't he count? He's just he's, the same as you. It's yeah. got to be a different demographic. No, 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 no. Accost people at work. All you have to do, Monday morning, five people walking through the door. Dut, dut, dut. Elizabeth Moss, what do you think? Bup, bup, bup. You'll be done. You'll be done in five minutes. Okay. Stand by the door. People are pumping their hands full of antibacterial. Mm -hmm. You stand right next to it, block it, and ask them about Moss. And if they don't reply, you don't move. And their hands don't get clean. And their hands don't get clean. And they get coronavirus. Yes. Because that's what happens. That's fair. That's fair. Can you do that for me? And I'm yes. only asking you to do that to five people. I could say do it to 100 because you probably could do that under an hour. Maybe I will do it to 100 because now this method actually sounds pretty fun because mm-hmm. it's like it's scaring people into thinking they might get sick. Yeah. Okay. So I'll do that. And I will when... ask 100 people about Elizabeth Moss's movie star potential. Otherwise, they cannot get hand sanitizer off the elevator. Yes. Okay. I think that's fair, and I think that's that'll be an accurate poll because you know when people are scared, they give more genuine answers. What if they get so scared by not being able to get their hand sanitizer by someone they possibly don't know accosting them that they get so flustered they can't even answer the question? Well, then, or they just give a yes or no to a question that was open-ended? They might. I, I think that would be refuse to answer. Okay. You can have a few people refuse to answer. Okay. That's fine. Okay. But, uh, all right, I'll do that. I'll start getting some polling data on the Elizabeth Moss question, though I think this hold bodes well for her. It does. But I, I still, listen, you have a lot of stock in her. I don't. We'll see. Th- this this show is going to go on for years and years and years. So we're going to see the arc of her career. Coronavar- coronavirus, you know. Might play a part in that, but... It could. Who knows? I mean, we hope she's in good health. Yes. We hope she's in good health. Speaking of somebody that might not necessarily be in good health, number three, The Way Back, Ben Affleck. This movie came in third, which seems good, mm-hmm. but only made $8.5 million, which is at the bottom of its tracking. Right. Now, I was very low on this. I want to I applaud to you because you got your top five completely correct. Did I? You got it. You nailed it. You nailed wow. it. Wow. Because you had this here, and I had this at number five, because mm-hmm. I did not have belief in this movie. I thought it was going to tank. Mm-hmm. It did not tank. It did not soar. So what do we know the budget on this? It had to have been very low. Okay. I can look it up if you want me to. I think I did see somewhere that it was around $20 million. So this is a movie that probably will end up breaking even-ish when all is said and done. This isn't going to be... The thing about this movie opening at $8.5 million is this is not his comeback. This is not his way back. No, but this is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Now, the budget was 21 to $25 million. Okay. So that that's a stand... That's not a movie that gets made anymore, really, but that is a low-budget movie right. for the star power, for Warner Brothers. And this is his home. Also, this is a movie he did at his home base. Mm-hmm. This was him doing a solid. This was him, I guess, working his way back up. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he's getting a lot of good reviews. Great. This movie could be a cliched, bad basketball team becomes good, believing in themselves, man overcomes his issues to be a leader. But there's 
what from what I'm hearing, there's a certain nuance to Ben Affleck's performance. And he showed up on time. And he showed up on time, and he and he did not take Crafty off the lot. Great. So we typically don't even talk about reviews that much, but I think a movie like this, the reviews are important because the reviews will play a part in Ben Affleck's long-term box office potential. Yes. He needed just a a, a, a movie that clears the air for him, mm-hmm. that comes out, that there's not a big story about how terribly it did, which I don't think this movie is going to have those stories written, and that the reviewers give him some nice notices that he could then use to get a bigger movie that could be his actual box office comeback. It is at 87% Rotten Tomato score, which is good for a, a movie like this, and it's one percentage better than Onward. Great. So this is good for him. He's got that big movie that's coming out at the end of December. The Adrian Line movie? No, him and Matt Damon. Okay. Helped write this. Really? Along with Mariel Heller. Right. And it's a historical. And it's about, it's about, uh, oh, Adam Driver's in it as well. Interesting. It's about a duel. So, yeah, this movie. Oh, and it's a Ridley Scott, I believe. So that so this movie was very important for Affleck to just come out and to not be an embarrassment. He needed to have this movie avoid being something where people are memeing him and people are, you know, making fun of scenes every week on Talk Soup. You had to he had to avoid being a meme that gets made fun of on Talk Soup. Yeah, you don't want that Talk Soup crew laughing uh, off camera about you. Exactly. So I think this movie avoided that. It's not going to be made fun of on Ease Talk Soup. He's not going to be a meme. There aren't going to be stories about what a box office disaster it is. It was just a solid, okay experience for everyone. And that's all Ben Affleck needed here. Yeah, I, I looked up- It's a up, win for Affleck. I looked up way back memes and I couldn't find anything relating- to Ben Affleck. Great. So that's good. Great. That's a no, win. No negative memes. I mean, if there are positive memes about him, but I don't know if we're in positive meme territory yet for Ben. Right. The worry was negative. The fact that there's no memes about it is good. Right. No memes is good memes at this point in his comeback. Yes. So we're looking good, Ben. We, I saw him on a few talk shows. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm rooting for the guy. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for him. It, am I too loud? No, no, you're right. Okay, good. Now you're checking levels. Fuck it. This is a raw feed. I just want to make sure I'm not screaming in people's ears. No, you're doing great. Now, let's talk. Anything more about Ben? No, I think that it's a it's solid. It wasn't a bomb, and that's all he needed. Great. Number four, Sonic. Again, beating Call of the Wild has continuously beat Call mm-hmm. of the Wild. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear anything more about that stupid dog. Sonic whipped the dog's ass. He whipped that dog's ass, period, exclamation point. Down only 51%, $8 weekend, Mm -hmm. $140.8 And last week, you were asking me, where does that put it in all-time? All-time video game movies. Yeah. It's at number two, right behind. I'm going to guess Tomb Raider? No, no, no. More, more current. Oh, Pokemon. Pokemon. Detective, Pokemon. Detective Pikachu, 
144, our boy's going to overtake it. Wow. So one- Old school beats, I guess Pokemon is also fairly old school at this point. Yeah, I do believe Sonic was created previous to Pokemon. Mm -hmm. But Pokemon's been around a long, long time. Sonic and Pokemon are- Contemporaries. Basically contemporaries. They're yeah. contemporaries. So, and then Tomb Raider is at number three, 131. So, that was all the way back in 2001. So, that was a huge hit back then. Yeah. We're going to see probably Sonic, what do you think, 150 tops off at like 150, 155? Well, it made $8 million this weekend. It could hit 160. You said it's at 140. It might have 20 mil left in it. I mean, with Onward out there, I guess, you know, I guess kids want Sonic, not Onward. And then Mulan. Mulan is the is is the big gorilla coming. So it could. Yeah, fuck it. It's fuck it. Feed. Sneezing live. In. That could be. Yeah. Bad a bad sign in the future. See, we're gonna keep that in because then we can see we ne- we should have done something. We should have edited this out. But we didn't. We already declared this show patient zero. So. Exactly. Leaving the sneezes in. Leaving the sneezes in. All, uh, all so of you, my you sicknesses th- will be left in. Of course. It's all evidence. <laughs> so Sonic has a couple more weeks before Mulan comes in. And yeah, is there a, what is the Sonic onward overlap? I guess kids. I guess that's the obvious one is kids. But I mean the Sonic the Sonic crowd is just more fun. The Sonic crowd is cooler. And Onward, I guess, is a bummer movie because it's it's about them wanting to have one more adventure with their dad. Right. Who had passed away. Right. So it's it's a sad movie. And that's going to get out there. Yeah. Like, no, I think part of why Onward bombed is because people went into it. People didn't know what this movie was. And you might see a situation where when the word starts spreading and... Things are spreading quickly out there nowadays, but when the the uh, plot of Onward starts spreading, that might just really tank this movie. Because if people are like, it's a sad cartoon, and we're out there dealing with coronavirus every day, who wants that? You want Sonic. You want yeah. somebody who comes to this world and meets friends. Yeah. That's what you want. He meets friends. He finds sneakers. He runs really fast. You got That's Jim, what we need now. You got Jim Carrey yep. at his peak. Yep. Height of his powers. He's re-peaking. Yep. That's what you want. So Iger's kicking himself. Iger's kicking himself. Yes. yes. If he's not, he this should is, be. Sonic is Bob Iger's legacy. Yeah. He's seen his, his legacy run, run away from him yep. at top speed. Yep. Sonic could have been a Pixar movie. Could have been. And it would have done a hell hot of a uh, hell <laughs> a whole hell of a lot better than Onward. 100%. So we're saying Sonic is going to make more than Onward domestic. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. Man, that's not a hundred percent. Because Sonic is definitely going to hit 150. Has a outside shot of hitting 160. At this point, Onward, I can't imagine it does better than 130 or 140. 140 is the absolute ceiling That's of That's the ceiling. Talking about a movie that just hit its ceiling, Call of the Wild. $7 million, down 48%, 57.4 million. It's huge budget. 
so this is another. This is a Doolittle situation. Yes. It looks like it did decently, but that dog cost over $100 million. That's insane. That's insane that you would spend that much on a dog. And it's not even a real dog. Well, you should spend almost nothing on a real dog. Yeah, go to a shelter. Yeah. So this This is a movie that what did you say it's at right now? Fifty seven million? Fifty seven point four. So it's gonna get in the sixties. That's what a movie like this should be expected to make. Mm-hmm. If this was budgeted correctly and they made sixty five million dollars total in the end on a Call of the Wild movie, that should be successful. It's just a guy hanging it's an old man hanging out with a dog. Yeah. Why did they spend that much money on this? There's got to be a YouTube channel that costs zero. Yes. That is doing the same thing. Found footage this. And this movie is not even going to make the same amount of money as its median viewer. The age of the median viewer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this movie's not going to make $85, $90 million. No. It's not going to make it. No. Because Call of the Wild is an IP that if you were a 10-year-old in 1920, you were excited about. This is geared towards, and maybe this is somewhat coronavirus-related, this is a movie geared towards nursing home excursions, nursing home day excursions. Do you know how many – I, I hesitate to go this dark. Let, let's maybe not. Okay. Let's maybe not go this dark, but that is – where the audience for this movie was, and I think a lot of those excursions were canceled in the last couple of weeks. Yes. So Th- Thank you for censoring me, by the way. You got it. I appreciate that. You got it. Because I do have a life to live and a career to pursue. And I'm always looking out for that. I like that. I love- Because I got to get my beak wet out of your potential earnings. The so. only person who censors me is another B.O. boy. Yep. And, and anybody and, who wants to pay me to do anything. Yes. And the government, if they threaten us oh, even in the slightest oh, way. Of course. Yes. The oh, FCC. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. Of course. We will, of course, be censored by almost anyone. Almost anyone. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But I get to do it first. Yes. So Call of the Wild is a weird situation where it should have been a hit at this level because an old man in a dog movie shouldn't cost that much. Mm-mm. And even if you're bringing in Harrison Ford and you're paying him a lot, you shouldn't be paying the dog anything. No. I, I'm not saying don't pay the dog anything. Of course, be nice to the dog, huh? Yeah. But just don't make a $200 million animated dog to be in this movie. Yeah, get a dog and pay him. Pay him a great rate. Pay him $20 million. No, 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 that's too much. No, no. Pay him $3 million. That's saving money. Yes. He'd be the highest paid dog ever. Yes. Find... Uh, uh, you know, find a lassie descendant. Go crazy because you want to have that dog be able to make the talk show rounds and having the lassie name attached is always great for a dog movie. It's a great story. So you go around, you find who who is a lassie baby, who's a lassie great, great, great grand dog. And you have him bang a Benji. Yes. And then that baby is this dog. Is this dog. And you you planned that like three years ago. The same time that you you know you're starting to phonetically uh, get Harrison Ford to learn his lines, yeah, and you put that together a three year pre production process, and it's going to cost so much less than animating this dog, yeah, and you could have a dog that actually could go out 
and, and do TV appearances. Call him Blassie. Yep. Lenji. Yep. Whatever. Lenji sounds gross. Lenji. It's a dog name. It all sounds. It Blassie's doesn't matter. better. Just go by Lassie. I mean, honestly, what you're paying for is the Lassie name. You think Benji. Benji you, don't mean shit compared to Lassie. Benji don't mean shit. No. Lassie is is the box office star. So I think you just. Lassie need... almost won a Oscar. Really? He almost won the first Oscar. Really? Mm-hmm. For what? For some Lassie movie. Okay. Yeah. But as a, what's the category? Was it an Best actor. Ca- Are you, really? Yes. Was it nominated or no? He was nominated, yeah. But they said, no, we can't do a dog first time out. Okay, so then if that is the case, which I believe you, that makes us even more clear that Call of the Wild should have just found a Lassie descendant, put it in this movie, you got that story that you could tell, you got this dog going on talk shows, Harrison Ford sits next to him, he talks about how Lassie almost won the first Oscar, now I get to act opposite Lassie's descendant, this is the thrill of my lifetime, Call of the Wild in theaters, and you save money. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean that's... You could do a carpool karaoke with... Corden and the Lassie descendant who's in Call of the Wild. You get the Bahamian in the back seat. Who let the dogs out? Obvious. Oh my God, that's perfect. Right? I mean, this. You can't do that with a $200 million computer animated fake dog. This all? No brainer. Yes. I don't understand why this wasn't the tactic that they took. Yes. I don't understand it. I'll, there's things about Hollywood that I'll never understand, and this is one of them. Now, Let's talk about an old IP mm-hmm. that, I don't know, is this is this big? Emma, number six, mm-hmm. made $5 million, so this was plus 331% because it was in limited release, and it's at a cum of 6.9. Okay. It's a movie that, so it stars Anya Taylor-Joy, we know is the witch, also from the split and Glass movies. Those are her big ones. Soon to be New Mutants. Well, soon to be New Mutants, even though she filmed it probably before she made The Witch. Three years ago. Three to four years ago. So she is a definitely a actress on the rise, but in no way a name, I would say, in any way. Like, I don't think, in the sense that I don't think most people know her name. No. They may see her in these Emma uh, trailers and think, I'm pretty sure I've seen her and stuff, but they do not know her name. And this is not a knock on her. She's great. But this is an Emma movie that I don't think has a lot of any star power and any real hook. Because if you compare it to the Emma that we got in the 90s, the Gwyneth Paltrow version, that seemed like Gwyneth Paltrow was more of a mainstream name at that point than Anya Taylor-Joy is now. Like, I think she was dating Brad Pitt. Probably. The star system's so much different now than it was back then. I mean, who is an up-and-coming actress that is going to have that the same star power that Gwyneth Paltrow at that level of her career would have now? I, I I just don't think that there's an equivalency to be made. Right. I mean, you saw it. It was good. It was fine. It's but, it's not my thing in that my type of movie, but the crowd liked it. That's good. It was 
definitely uh, what's the opposite of inept? It was apt. It was apt. It was very apt. Um, it is, it's hard to know what to make of a opening weekend like that for a movie like this. It made six million dollars. Do you, do you, what I mean, are the expectations for this to end up? I think anybody who's being in theaters for a while, I guess that's the hope. Yeah, is it just steadily racks up a couple million every week for a, you know a long run. If it makes ten mil, that's great. Well, I think I think at this point, this is a movie that will crack ten mil if it's already got six point nine, six point nine in the bank. It'll it'll crack over ten. I guess the hope is. This is a movie that stays in theaters for like over a month or two. Yeah. And then you just have people, uh, kind of like a book smart situation Mm -hmm. where it doesn't set the world on fire, but world of mouth will keep it strong. Right. Is this a, is this uh, for Anya Taylor-Joy? It's a, this will be a solid thing to have. It's, it's always good to have played Emma. I mean, that and the fact that this didn't make $1 million in its wide release. Exactly. There, there shows that there's people out there that are interested in her. Yeah. And now, if you really, if you look at the last two people who've played Emma, it's Gwyneth Paltrow, but it's also Alicia Silverstone in Clueless, Clueless. which is Emma. So Emma has a history of making stars. Yeah. You know, so for Anya Taylor-Joy, it's good to just be in that in that conversation. But does she turn out to be Alicia Silverstone, who burned brightly? Right. And then faded off? Right. Or is she Gwyneth Paltrow, somebody who burned brightly and then stepped away? Right. And then is still burning. She's still burning. And in different medium. Yes. I mean, she's still, she's she, still in media. She is a... Celebrity more than an actress at yes. this point. Yes. So we we don't know what's going to happen to Anya. I mean, I think we both, if we're talking about somebody to take stock to buy stock in, I'd take Anya Taylor Joy stock for sure. Well, so would I more I than Elizabeth Moss? You know, I I in terms of what we've talked about today, this feels like the same way. The way back isn't setting the world on fire, but it's what Ben Affleck needed right now. It seems like this opening weekend of Emma is what Anya Taylor-Joy needed this movie to do, which was to do fine, to not open abysmally, and to just be out there for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and in the coming weeks, there might be a lot of uncertainty in the world, and Emma is an old IP. It's an IP that people are familiar with, and they might want that comfort. Yes. They might just want that comfort. Yes. So, number seven, Mm -hmm. Bad Boys for Life. Wow. Still, in over 2,000 theaters, mm-hmm. it made $3.05 million this weekend, down only 30%, $202 million. Over 200. Wow. That's an achievement. This and, mo- people love this movie. Mm-hmm. And you talk about wanting comfort. Bad Boys is like our modern-day Emma. Yes. Bad Boys is just this property that we love, that we know what we're going to get out of it, that's going to make us feel good. There are timeless archetypes. Mm -hmm. You've got the tough guy with a smart mouth, Mm -hmm. and then you've got the not tough guy that's funny, 
that also has a smart mouth. Yes. These are archetypes. Yep. This is the hero's journey. Yep. And that's what people want now. They want archetypes. Yeah. They want their Emmas. They want their Michael Lowry's. Of course. They want their classic characters going out there doing what they do best. And whether that is setting people up for love, shooting drug dealers in the head, coke flying everywhere, won't tell you which movie is which, but they want that comfort. And Bad Boys gave it to them. And Bad Boys might be more relevant now than ever. The world's topsy-turvy, but you know what you're going to get out of Michael Lowry. Oh, 100%. So I'm just looking at Bad Boys 2, and it made a domestic gross of 138, and but that was 2003. Right. So this is this movie might make well no that's not it's not going to make more domestically than the second one made worldwide because that was 273. But still, this has shown that this is a going concern as a franchise. Well, you know what this movie might actually end up doing is it will make because I think the first Bad Boys only made and it was a it was a hit for the time because it was such a small movie at the time. I think the first Bad Boys only made around 60 million domestic. It made 65. So then the second movie made 138. So Bad Boys for Life, which is Bad Boys 3, it's not Bad Boys 4. We always have to keep emphasizing that. Bad Boys 3 will end up making more com- more than the first two movies did combined. Yes. That yeah, and that's huge. Yeah. It's a nice thing to be able to say as you move on to the next Bad Boys movie. Yes. To say that these movies continue to make more than their predecessors at an impressive rate, which is what you always want franchises to do. Yes. We got a John Wick situation with Bad Boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, The John Wick, yeah. Because each John Wick movie made more than the last. That's true. Same thing with Bad Boys. And there doesn't seem to be a waning in enthusiasm for that franchise. No. People are very psyched for the fourth whenever that's going to come. Yeah. Something that people are not psyched about, number eight, Birds of Prey. What's it at now? Made $2.1 million this weekend, down 47%, 82.5 mil. I so it's starting to peter. It's not going to get over 100. Well, I think 100 was out of the question a while ago. It's more like, can it hit 90? 90, no. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think with, with Mulan coming in. Again, I keep saying Mulan, but I think that's going to eat up a lot, a lot. Do you think Mulan is going to play on every screen in America? Because th- the way you talk about it, you're like, every movie is going it's to a, dude, just go out dude. of theaters because of Mulan. Dud. 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 It is a live-action Disney movie. Yes. They are going to eat up the IMAXs, the 40Xs, all of the drive-ins. The rumble screens. All the rumble screens. Where the seats rumble and the screens rumble. I think there are some of those. Lean-back seats, mm-hmm. stadium seating. I mean, this is going to... Broken the- broken chair theaters. Yeah. They'll get some of those. Absolutely. This is going to be playing on Which every screen. Which is going to em- push Sonic out because Sonic is probably in a lot of broken chair theaters. Yes. This is going to open in a lot of screens. Yes, it is. So things will leave, but Mulan is not opening on the most screens any movie ever has. It's not Endgame. 
it's not a Star Wars movie. Right now, it's tracking at 65. Okay. Opening. So I think that's, I mean, that's going to eat up a lot of real estate. It will. It will. And something like Birds of Prey has been out for long enough now that it's going to start drastically losing screens no matter what. Right now, it it's at 2,173 screens. It lost 951. And that's just going to continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, this movie's not going to make 90. No. That's what I'm calling. Now, a movie that is overperforming, number nine in Practical Jokers. Wow, still in there. It made $1.845 million this weekend, down 49%, $8.5 million. Now, we were, you know, we're talking about The Way Back and Emma. They're making eight, seven, whatever. This movie is a cash cow because of how cheap it was to make. This is three episodes of a television show sprung together, together yeah. and put in movie theaters. And the fact that this is if you took, if you had a Goldbergs movie, and the Goldbergs was just three episodes of the Goldbergs that were releasing in theaters, and that made over eight million dollars. That would be insane. Also, the Goldbergs is so much more expensive than Impractical Jokers. I walk that back. This would yeah. be. As if you did Talk Soup the movie, Mm -hmm. and you made three episodes of Talk Soup, which, is that still on TV? I keep referencing Talk Soup. It is, in fact, not. Okay. But we don't talk about TV. You shouldn't know. I'm I'm glad I don't know what's on television right now. You don't need to know that. You don't need to know that. So it's saying the budget for this movie is $3 million, which was way higher than we were expecting, Mm -hmm. but still. Three million dollar budget. This thing is making eight point five in the theaters. It's insane. VOD, it's going to go off the charts, yep. especially with what we're going to be dealing with in the next couple months. People are going to be staying home, and they're just going to want buy, buy, but they're going to buy this movie yep. several times because they'll be like, you know, I'm delirious. Did I buy the buy Impractical? and rent the same movie? Yeah, they're going to be delirious. They buy it on Amazon. They rent it on iTunes. And it's already on Netflix, so they didn't need to do either They didn't either need one. to do either, but guess what? They did. Yeah. Because they want comfort. Yep. And Impractical Jokers give comfort. And Joker. They give you Joker. And they give you Joker. Absolutely. Joker is still in the top 10. We need to, maybe for next episode, take a look at the amount of weeks that Joker was in the top 10 what the gap was, and then now how many weeks with impra- impractical jokers being in the top ten, and just make that a make that one combined. It's it's Joker in the top ten. Let's see how long the Joker could be in the top ten, because I think we're gonna start getting into Titanic territory. Mm. If yeah. we look at Joker and impractical jokers as the same movie, which some are, many are. We might start looking at a movie that is in theaters as long as Titanic. I mean, I'd have to crunch those numbers, but I'm willing to do it. Because mm-hmm. it's it's about Joker. It's about Joker. Good for the crew. Good for the Impractical Jokers. Good for Sal Volcano. I know yeah. that's one of the names. That is. Sal Volcano, I think. Volcano. Good for them. Yep. It's great. They were TV. And they still are TV. But they said, you know what? We could aspire to something greater. Mm-hmm. We can become movie actors. Yeah. And they did. 
Yeah. And no one can ever take that away from that. Nope. And that movie is doing about as well as Ben Affleck's movie. So there you go. Good for them. All of them equal one Ben Affleck, and which ain't bad. There's no... You know how many Amis would take to become Ben Affleck? We wouldn't be able to fit him in a we room. We wouldn't fit him in a room. No. In a large room. You like a large conference room at a at a business. From we here to the up. moon, maybe. Wow. Okay, now you're really looking at yourself. All right, lowly. maybe not me. Here. Let's stick with a conference room. A large conference room full of Claytons. Is Ben Affleck. Is one Ben Affleck. Yeah. Yeah. You to the moon. That's too many. It's too many. It's too many. Number 10. A movie I said was not going to be in the top 10. Mm-hmm. My Hero Academia. Made 1.5 mil, down 74%, 12 million. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say something. Mia culpa. Mia culpa. Now, I try not to bring my personal thoughts or my personal opinions into this podcast. No. Our thoughts shouldn't be anywhere near it. And I don't like anime. But that doesn't matter. And it means nothing because this is an anime movie that made $12 million at the box office. Mm -hmm. Last week I got emotional and forgot that money is the most important thing. Emotions are not important, especially when it comes to money. Amen. And so I want to apologize to anybody who has anything to do with My Hero Academia, anybody who went out and saw this movie. You know what? You backed the winner because this movie made $12 million in America and nobody knew the hell it was. Mm -hmm. And that's power. That's power of a fan base and that's the power of the dollar. And so I applaud you, My Hero Academia, and I apologize for having an emotional reaction when I should have been looking at those dollar signs. And you know what? It's never going to happen again. That's my cut the shit moment. That is a great cut the shit moment. That's very big of you, Clayton. And you know what? Maybe it won't take a full room of Clayton's to equal one Ben Affleck. Yep. Maybe it's most of the room, but you got room for a couple of chairs in there. Some of the Clayton's could sit. They well, don't all have to stand like shoulder to shoulder. I'm slowly picking some of them off. Some of them are getting thrown out the window because we bam, don't need you bam, anymore. Bam, bam, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, so that's our top ten. And you know, top ten. Now, very you know interesting that my hero, Academia, and Impractical Jokers are both in the top ten. Yeah, it is these these small, but uh, I was gonna say violent. That's definitely not the right word. These small but uh, boisterous and loud fan groups are going out and making their presence known with the dollar. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's great. So it's it's great to see something that under the radar get in the top ten. And you know what's not in the top ten this week? Nineteen seventeen. Yes. We okay. Good riddance. We always root for box office, but we don't root for liars. We've covered it before. Nineteen seventeen is a liar of a movie. It is not World War II. And we should all applaud that it is no longer in the top ten. The war is over. Mm-hmm. Now, real quick, we want to just talk about Parasite because we're tracking it mm-hmm. as the where it's going to land in all-time domestic gross for a foreign language film. Right now, of course, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a behemoth, 128. It's not reaching that. Mm-hmm. Life is Beautiful is number two with 57. 
and Hero still holding on at 53 million. Parasite is at 52.8. Mm-hmm. It's in 625 theaters, and last weekend it made a little over half a million dollars. There's no way it's going to reach Life is Beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it could crawl over Hero, which then it'll be the third highest grossing foreign language film in America ever. And it deserves that. And it deserves that. I mean, Life is Beautiful, also an Oscar winner, so it's not bad company. No, no. But people were saying it could reach my uh, Life is Beautiful, but it, I don't think it's going to. If if Bong Joon-ho had walked across chairs as part of one of his Oscar acceptance speeches, would this movie have passed Life is Beautiful by now? We'll never know. We'll never know, but it is a question to throw out there. It is something to ponder late at night when you can't fall asleep. 100%. So, let's talk about it. The big news. Yeah. And I can't believe we buried this lead. Yeah, that's that's a problem on our show's part, but what could you do? We're already here way more than halfway into the episode. No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie was pushed back from its original opening, which was going to be April 10th, to November 25th because of coronavirus. And the reason why they did it is because Bond is a big event internationally when it comes out. They like to open everywhere around the world at once. Mm -hmm. And they felt like that would not have the same impact with Italy having a lot of places closed with China in in chaos. Complete shutdown mode. They wanted this to be a big opening. Right. Like they are all the time, a big international event, because Bond is international. And they moved it. And now this was setting off people's alarms like, are all these other movies going to move? And I'm going to tell you, probably not. You don't think so. I think. I think there's a couple that if China is in the shape that it's in now, when these movies are about to open, there might be some other movies that are going to move. So let's just start with Bond specifically. This is this is gigantic. This is huge. This is this was when I guess this news is coming later than most people heard about it. If mm-hmm. you haven't heard about it, I don't know what rock you were under. Mm-hmm. It was a bombshell. Th- this was huge. This hit me in the gut. Yes. I was this, thrown back by this news. This is scary. This is the first time if I see people panicking in the streets, looting. You, I, we do not encourage looting in any way. No, But no, if no. you see it, I think that the Bond movie moving its release date is the reason that looting is happening because this is a panic moment. Yes. If there was anything that shook my confidence, mm-hmm. it was this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the Dow Jones going down. No. It wasn't the the fact that everything is sold out when it comes to masks. Right, because that's just gouging and that's to be expected and, you know, good for them. And none of that matters. No. Because when there's a snowstorm, 
places are out of bread and milk. Exactly. Shovels cost a hundred dollars. Yeah. When it snows. So that's... they cost five dollars when it doesn't snow, a hundred dollars when it snows. And you know what? That's the American way. Exactly. And you know, just buy a snow shovel now. Yes. Just buy one now, and then you don't have to think about it. Same thing with flashlights. Buy a flashlight now. Yeah. Anyway. Don't now. I mean, maybe you can't because you're mobile, so you can walk anywhere you want. So right. go ahead. You're probably walking. You're probably in the middle of the street while you're listening to this. They don't have any Purell and they don't have any masks, but you know what you can get? You can get a snow shovel. You can get a flashlight. You yep. can get candles. All those things that you need for stuff that, like a hurricane. Right. Buy your snowstorm stuff now. During a pandemic. Yes. And then you'll have it when there's a storm. Exactly. And, and then during a storm, before the storm, Buy your Purell and buy your gas. See, this is how you got to think. Exactly. You Go walk against through the, the snow. You say, I need a gas mask and Purell. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but it's snowing. Like, I, I know what I'm doing. Just fucking hand me the, the Purell. Shut up, asshole. Yeah. Exactly. So this is a time to panic. The mm-hmm. movie studios are clearly panicking. I mean, none of us could know the future about where the coronavirus is going. But what's interesting is they're moving it to November, which is flu season. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The beginning of the next flu season. Exactly. So we might see a situation where the virus itself calms down a little bit over the summer because it's going to get hotter out. And then come November, it ramps up again, and they're going to have to move Bond again. Well, this is actually a pretty good corridor for it. It's... There, it's opening on a Wednesday, so this is going to be right in Thanksgiving Central. Problem with this, though, and this is the the thing, the ripple effect of this move. Mm-hmm. So it's go, it's now going to be going pretty much head to head against a movie in a franchise that is faltering. Godzilla vs Kong is opening November twentieth, twenty twenty, and you're talking about the co- coronavirus being such a huge deal. You could have people that worked on in the studio that are releasing Godzilla versus Kong and bond moving is worse news than if a loved one died of coronavirus for 100%. Them. Because that means that this movie is going to get stomped. This is Bond versus Godzilla versus Kong and it ain't even a contest. No. Kong and Godzilla, they better put their rivalry aside before the movie comes out. Team up. You know, or one of them drop out and endorse the other. I, I feel like before that weekend, Godzilla needs to just drop out completely and endorse Kong so that it's a one-on-one battle between Kong and Bond. Because Kong is the stronger IP. Stronger candidate for sure. Too much Godzilla. We saw what happened to King of the Monsters. Yeah. That was a bomb. Go with Kong. Yep. Godzilla's on the sidelines. Godzilla's just right now splitting the votes. Because mm-hmm. you got a giant Bond contingent, and then you got this monsters contingent and all godzilla does is split the votes godzilla drops out says kong's the way to go we all got to rally around kong we can't let bond win then maybe they got a chance i still don't think they have a chance i think bond is just so beloved by old people old farts love it it's the old fart way to go you know jingoistic bond it's going to have its audience but Godzilla's got to get out of this race. Absolutely. Absolutely. For the good of the brand. Yes. And there's time to recut. There's There's got to be time to recut. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm Godzilla versus Kong, if I'm that camp, I'm recutting. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm cutting to Godzilla on the sidelines. They, you see King Kong do something really cool. You cut to Godzilla, be like, I'm behind him the whole way. Yep. Great move, Kong. Yep. Great move. The movie should be called Godzilla Endorses Kong. Or just have him like in the corner, like some Twitch person, mm-hmm. talking about the action once in a while. Yes. Yes. Godzilla with the headsets on, being like, this is Kong, so cool. s- Kong, this is great. Swat yeah. that airplane. Yeah. Bazinga. Exactly. That's what you got to have. I mean, Godzilla, it's, you don't, it's not, you don't see the mouth move, so you could ADR by Bazinga in there very easily. Absolutely. So the other ripples that have happened, Trolls World Tour moved up from the 17th to the 10th to take over that space. Wow. That Bond uh, left. So Trolls is thinking it's gonna they're be- the new Bond. Again, this is a movie that was on my bombs list, so we'll see how well this movie does. And then My Spy, a movie that's already been moved several times, Mm -hmm. was originally supposed to come out August 23rd, 2019, Mm -hmm. then moved to January 2020, then moved to March 13th, which is next weekend. Okay. This week got pushed back to April 17th to take over for Trolls. Are you shitting me? They must either have a lot of faith in this movie or they're just trying to get headlines or there's like a crime that is in on screen in this movie that they're trying to hide they're trying to hide i don't know listen dave batista movie we only i mean we want box office success all around but we are fully in the bag for dave batista if this movie makes any sort of box office it will have lucked into it mm-hmm. because this is like, and I hate to talk about TV, but this is like the news radio of movies. Uh-huh. They keep moving it around. Yep. Now <laughs> it's on Wednesdays and it's on Tuesdays. I have a box office podcast. That is why I know when this movie's coming out. If I, if we didn't have Bo Boys, I would have I would have been like, oh, I guess they just pulled it indefinitely. Right. I mean, I do read the trades, but with Bond moving. That's such a huge headline that I'm not digging deep down to see when my spy is moving. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a this is really bad for box office in general because Bond was supposed to come out in the beginning of April and just make hundreds of millions of dollars domestically and worldwide. Trolls ain't replacing that. My spy ain't replacing that. That is just turning April into a month that is going to be bereft of a huge, huge amount of money. If we're in a full-scale pandemic mm-hmm. at the beginning of May, that means Black Widow goes down. Do you think Black Widow... What, what do we think the chances are of other big movies starting to move in the next few months? Like move off the schedule the way Bond did? Because the, the ones that come to mind is obviously F, Black F9. Widow and F9. F9 is, again, another worldwide play. So that is scary yes. for me. Now, I'm one of those people that some some people mark their lives by events in their life like their children being born, getting married, mm-hmm. their, you know, all those kind of things. I mark my life by big movie releases. Yeah. How many of these big movie releases have I stayed alive for? Mm-hmm. And F9 is one of those movies that I'm staying alive for. Yep. If this get mo- gets moved into November or further, what 
how do I know I'm going to live long enough to see this movie? You it's don't. devastating for me. You definitely don't. And it's not it's not about coronavirus. No. It's about just in general. Right. Right? I mean, that's how I look at life. I look at life one tentpole at a time, mm-hmm. one big movie at a time. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky that I've seen all of those Fast and Furious movies, that I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that I saw Mission Impossible. Endgame. And, and, but that's a movie, F9, that now I'm going to be struggling to think, do I survive to see it? And we don't know that. And we don't know that. And that scares me. And that's so, where the fear is coming from. And with Bond moving to November, so Bond blinked first, but also what Bond did was it went to, because there's not there's not an unlimited amount of spots that you could open a movie at this size. Mm-hmm. So Bond went and took a weekend, even though, like you said, it's going up against another already big movie. F9, if it decides it has to move, there might not necessarily be a lot of good options for it to stay in 2020. No, everything, and that's the reason why they're saying a lot of these movies can't move because when you're looking, okay, just looking at the summer real fast, you have F9, and then you're going to have Wonder Woman June 5th. Then you're going to have Top Gun Maverick June 26th. Then you're going to have Minions July 3rd, Tenant, which is the big... Uh, Christopher Nolan movie, July 17th. Like, all these movies, if they all get pushed, like, what's going to happen? You're not going to move just to move a few weeks back. No. If you're going to move, it's because China is completely out of play. They're not showing movies, which is the case right now. And so you're not going to just move something back a week. I'm sorry, like a month or two months. Yeah, you can. You're basically going to have to say, we're moving this back maybe a year. And we're we're betting on the fact that China is going to be showing movies in a year, which who knows? And is is summer going to be bereft of anything? Is it going to be a ghost town? That's I mean, this is the slippery slope. Mentality. This is the nightmare, this scenario, is the nightmare scenario that you're going to have a summer where last summer we had Lion King and Aladdin and Endgame and, Endgame and, and now we'll have crickets. We'll have nothing like that is scary. And it's a possibility because we yeah. don't know what's happening. Yeah. So you'll just have like Netflix screenings. Well, here's what they're also saying is that there could be a possibility of this is a view on demand situation where they release these movies and charge fifty bucks. Jesus. You see F nine at home and then you don't have to go anywhere. But now this opens the door to if that worked, why even exhibit movies at a theater anymore. This is the nightmare scenario for movie theater owners. Because if you are a movie theater, you still need to be a place that has something that you can't find in great quality somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Sure, you can torrent. You can bootleg things. But you're not going to get the quality that you would with a release from a theater. And the communal experience. That is still a big part of why you go to the movies. But it's one of those things. Will people then, they have systems in their houses that are great, big screens, great sound. If they get that F9 at home, will they ever leave? Wow. I mean, and then what What do we talk about? We're talking about VOD weekends? We can't even get about, those numbers. <laughs> they won't release. If they start releasing, I don't want to talk about VOD numbers, Pat. 
No, I want dollars. I need real dollars for people who voted with their feet. Yes. Yes. This is this is this is the nightmare scenario laying before us in which movie movies are moved out of theaters all summer and we start to see the changeover from the theatrical experience to everything everything being released on demand and box office ceasing to exist it is in front of us now the scenario is here where box office no longer exists because of the coronavirus and what do the bo boys do what is, where does that leave the bo boys where do we go what do we do i don't know where we go i don't know what we do i'm not saying this this is not this is, uh, this is scary it is scary it is scary. I mean, that... So our hope hinges on Fast and Furious. If Fast and Furious moves or if the unthinkable happens and they change to a premium-priced VOD release instead of being in the movie theaters, then the nightmare is happening. The nightmare is happening. The thing, the thing to think about is right now... The reason given for Bond moving or any of these other movies potentially moving is because of the international box office. Mm -hmm. But do we think, because these studio heads, obviously, they they, they know what's going on before the public knows. They know how bad this disease really is. Are they also scared that the domestic box office is going to fall off a cliff? that people in the United States are going to not want to go to the movies because of what's going to happen with this disease in the next few weeks. I think they can talk about for and now because it's happening now. Yes. And I think they... And it's still abstract to all of us. Yeah, and they... Most people in the United States have never been to or ever will be to China. No. And they're still not washing their hands. No. I would say people in the United States are not yeah, washing their hands. Yes, 65% of people are still not washing their hands. Yes. So, I do think that they're not talking about domestic because they don't want to panic people. Mm-hmm. And I do think, you know, I talking a lot about Milan, Milan is going to I think we a lot of our hopes and dreams rest on Milan. If Milan is released in foreign markets, comes out and does Baffa Bobo domestically, we might be able to breathe a sigh of relief because that is a movie that is most likely to be moved because of the makeup of its audience. Mm-hmm. And if that stays the course and does good box office, Mulan will be a hero even more so than it is now. Mm-hmm. It'll be about a hero in the movie and a hero in real life. Yes. So we'll look back at Milan and think that's a hero. That's a hero because that movie saved the domestic box office. Yeah. Again, you're really hinging a lot. You're very high on Mulan. I want we it to need be a it. hit. We I know. need it, Pat. Do you understand? No, we I need n- it. I know how important it is now, but to me, Fast and Furious 9 is the bellwether because if that moves it is full on panic time you're right you're right you're right that but is I, but I think stock mo- bo- stock up on canned beans 
if you hear that fast nine is is moving. I can't have beans too many lectins. The thing, the thing with, the thing with this, is that Milan is a domino. It's not the biggest domino, but it needs to stand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bond has already fallen, and you know what? Maybe this is what happens. Maybe people go out, they see all these movies, and they see all these summer movies and all these strong-willed studios that said, you know what, people need entertainment and we're going to put out these movies and Bond's going to look like a coward. Mm-hmm. In November- Bond ran. He ran. And you can't run. So they were willing to make Bond look like a coward. And How does that affect the box office if there isn't a pandemic and if isn't as bad as they're saying? How does that affect Bond? Is this the last Bond? If I'm the- Godzilla versus King Kong people. Obviously, as we said, Godzilla's got to drop out of the race, got to endorse King Kong, make it a King Kong movie. But part of the advertising should be Kong stood, Bond ran. And you just get a bunch of footage from all the Bond trailers when he's like running on top of like a, a ledge in a building, he's running in the streets. You know, and we know in the movies he's running after someone, okay? He's being heroic in the movies, okay? But, but then you overdub. Yeah. No, don't. Yep. And you have Kong screaming and Bond running. Kong stood. Bond ran. Godzilla says, go see King Kong. That's huge. And I think that could happen. Yep. All right. Well, we're on this. We're going to be talking about coronavirus until... It wipes us both out, or uh, it wipes out the box office as we know it. Yep. So let's real quick talk about next week. Okay. So since My Spy moved, it's two movies, and one of them is Bloodshot. So a Vin Diesel movie that is definitely not moving its release. It is coming out. No, it is coming out and is going to blame coronavirus when it does not do well. (laughs) (laughs) Vin Diesel has... Already said that, which uh, kind of screws up his excuse. Exactly. But uh, this movie, man, 9 to 14 million box office pro is saying 10. I'm going lower. This is a based on a Valiant comic, mm-hmm. which is a company that came out in the 90s, had a resurgence in the past couple years. But I, it, this, to most people, just looks like a violent Vin Diesel movie that's not a Fast and the Furious movie. Mm-hmm. I do think that this is going to be another stinker for our boy Vin. Yes. So it further cements that he is, I mean, he's a giant star because of Fast and Furious, but that is the only thing people want to see him in. Yes. And the thing about Vin Diesel movies are that for the most part, they really bomb now in the United States, mm-hmm. but then do well overseas. Not the Fast and Furious movies only. Triple X. Right. Uh, what was that? The The Last Witch. What was his movie? The Witch Hunter. Something like that. Yeah, that. His, uh, his uh, dark movies. Reddick. Yeah, his Riddick movies. He's made a bunch of these movies the last few years, and they all just completely bomb in the U.S. and then do well overseas, which is not going to happen this weekend. No. He relies on foreign a lot. So this is this is 
a total disaster for this movie. And this is Sony, so you know Sony's up so up and down. They have they have so many triumphs, and then they'll have something like this. But I mean, yeah. that's that's they're when doing you're a big well studio. though. They're Once Upon a Time, Little Women, and uh, the Jumanji movie. Yeah, when you're a big studio, this is what happens. Yeah. So we're both under on the ten point oh, five, yeah. right? Yeah, it's going to do really bad domestically, and then international, it's nothing to save it. And then I forgot actually. There's an, there's three movies. This next movie was a movie that was pushed back and famously mm-hmm. did not have a release date until recently. I'm talking about The Hunt. Oh wow! This is a Blumhouse Universal situation, and seven to twelve there is tracking and Box Office Pro says nine point five. Now, this is a movie that is has a lot of controversy because. From the trailer, you can't really tell what the fuck it's about, mm-hmm. which I think is bad marketing. A lot of it, what what you've heard about this movie is that it's conservatives hunting. No, li- liberals hunting conservatives. Li- liberals that's hunting movie, conservatives. Yeah. Okay, see, that's the thing. The trailer's bad. This is old news. People are worried about coronavirus. They're not worried about this anymore. I think this movie tanks. Mm-hmm. I think people don't want to go see a movie about people shooting each other on both sides of the political spectrum, mm-hmm. especially with all everything that's going on with the election coming up. And to go out to see this movie during coronavirus, nobody wants to see this. Right. I think this tanks. Because mm-hmm. this is a movie that I would have seen at a time when I wasn't worried about coronavirus. I'm not seeing it now. Here's where I would push back on this. It's a it's not a horror movie, but it is a um like a it's a like message a message movie? No, not even a message movie. It's a D Blumhouse violent movie that the people who want to see this might be the same people who don't fear coronavirus and maybe want it. They might be chasers. You know, there's you gotta you gotta figure there's a, a certain amount of virus chasers in the box office populace, and bug chasers. Yeah, they want some corona, and those are the the those are people who also are most likely to want to see the hunt. Do you think there's enough virus chasers? Virus chasers to make this a hit. I mean, virus chasers you would think are still a pretty small percentage of the box office populace. So maybe not to make it a hit, but could it get it to 10 mil? I'm going to say, I'll say over to be interesting. I say this movie hits 10 mil. 9.5 was the over-under. I say over. You say over. I say under. Okay. I say under. And then we've got one last movie, and this movie is a religious film. It's called I Still Believe. It's between 10 and 18 tracking. And Box Office Pro says 13. Who's in it? Is it a Greg Kinnear one? No. It's a the girl who was in Tomorrowland. I mean, that means nothing. And then nothing. a guy from Riverdale. I think Archie. Now... I did a little bit of so it doesn't have that that Greg Kinnear type anchor because usually these movies cast someone who's been nominated for an Academy Award a long time ago. 
Yeah, sometimes, you, I mean... It's like a... I mean, Jennifer Garner is never up for an Oscar, but, you know, that level of star. Jennifer Garner, Greg Kinnear, um, Octavia Spencer, someone yes. like that. Well, so th- the, a movie that is similar to this, because this is based on a true story about Andy Camp or someone like that who is a religious singer, and this is his story. Okay. There was a similar movie that came out uh, a couple years ago, 2018, in March 16th, similar window, called I Can Only Imagine that opened at 17 million and legged it out to 83. Mm-hmm. Now they're hoping to get lightning in a bottle same way here. Mm-hmm. And Randy Quaid was in that movie. Okay. So, but this does not have as big of a star. So, I mean, that opened at 17. What year was that? That was 2018. Huh. Huh. Wait, Randy Quaid or Dennis Quaid? Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I believe it was. I believe it was Dennis Quaid. Yeah, you scared me for a second. The idea that Randy Quaid had a movie last year or two years ago that opened up at 18 million dollars. That is a terrifying thought. It was Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. That makes more sense. Yeah, I will say. I mean, religious movies. God knows that it could be a giant hit. You know, it could make $40 million. You just have no way of knowing. It's all up to how the communities uh, get get their, their, uh, their flocks excited about it. But I will say these movies usually do better when they have someone who is a known star. Well, And Dennis Quaid is the perfect example. A Dennis Quaid, a Greg Kinnear, an Octavia yeah. Spencer – a uh, uh, a Jennifer Garner. If there's no one like that in this movie, then I'm going to say under. Yeah, because I still believe... So this... So this movie... Sorry, based on Jeremy Camp, who is a Christian singer, looks like the biggest name in this cast is Shania Twain, who is not, not an actor. Not an actor, but that... You know, then that changes things because she's at least a famous person. Oh, Gary person. Sinise is in it. Okay. Does that count? Yes. It's a famous, it's a person who, who, it's a person who gives you confidence. We've talked about this before, but it gives viewers the confidence that, oh, this movie is an actual movie. It's not a, it's not a prank. What is the Gary Sinise, Dennis Quaid gap? I'd say pretty big. Dennis Quaid is a Dennis Quaid is more of a movie quantity at this point than Gary Sinise. Okay. Um, but you know what? Gary Sinise being in it makes this seem like more of a real movie. Shania Twain is gonna be a very famous person, especially for this type of audience. Is this her hustlers? She is she coming out in this movie with a big fur coat? Well, the religious movie equivalent of whatever you would do on a stripper pole in a stripper movie. Gotcha. I hear you. It's her. This is. Yeah, this is. I guess that would be a sermon or something. Yeah. Like she does the Eucharist or something. So what's the over under on this? The over under on this one is they're saying 10 to 18 because that's where these things open. They open anywhere from 10 to 18. Sure, let's say this opens at 16. I'm going to go so that. you're going over. Shania. Shania is the right type of name to just throw in this movie. Shania can't deny ya. Yeah, and Gary Sinise at least tells you it's a real movie. 
What do you think? What's your over under? I mean, what's the number to go over under? Fifteen. It's to go over thirteen. To go over thirteen? Okay, definitely over for me. I'm going to go under because you went over. Because when you go high, I go low. Great. That's what we do. All right. So let's do our top fives, bro. Okay. So number one is still going to be onward by default. Number two is still going to be. Wait, what was number two this week? Number two this week. Wasn't Sonic. It was uh, something else. It was Invisible Man. Right. Invisible Man is still going to be, well. This is a big one because then you're saying. Nope. I'm saying number number one is Onward and number two is going to be I Still Want to Believe. Is that the name of the Shania Twain movie? I Still Believe. Yes. Wow. You believe. That's number two. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's not a bad pick. I mean, that's number two. Number three, then, is it Invisible Man or The Hunt? It's Invisible Man. You okay? You so that means Invisible Man made fifteen. Yeah. So you think The Hunt's gonna make? Hmm. That's gonna be close. Because will it drop another? And that's overlapping a little bit too much it is. for for it's comfort. Interesting. I'll go Invisible Man three, The Hunt four, Sonic five. So no bloodshot. No. All right. So you said Onward, Believe, Invisible, Hunt, and then Sonic. Your yeah. boy Sonic. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Onward, of course. And then I'm going to say Believe. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say Hunt, mm-hmm. Bloodshot. No, Hunt, Invisible, Man, and then bloodshot. I gotta give my boy number five. I gotta just will it and hope it. Mm-hmm. Gotta we'll will it and hope it. We'll see. Well, we, we did, did it. it. We did it. This was a big one. Yeah. And thank you for listening mm-hmm. in this time of crisis. And also, you're welcome for listening. And you're welcome for. I was getting to that. I was getting to that. Okay. Thank them and then ask for a welcome. Yes. Right. Sure. So, Pat, where can they find us? They could email us all their coronavirus box office updates. If you got some hot tips, email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to give us some money, mm-hmm. if you want to help us get rolling by Limp Biscuit as our theme song, if you want to help us pay Podbean for hosting this, you got to pay the bean. Mm-hmm. The bean will come to your house. Knock on the door. You know it's the bean. Mm-hmm. We want to get an IMDb Pro, which would have Box Office Pro baked in. We need that. I need access. Yeah. We need, because information is not free. That is why you'll be giving us money on Patreon. Also, we're still doing the Ryan Johnson Suck at Star Wars full page variety ad. Again, you're going to be an exec producer. We don't know how big the font's going to be. We're going to figure out when we get everybody. That is a $10,000 a month charge. Mm-hmm. But it's tier, tier. Tier. Sorry. You will be charged, but it's tier. Tier sounds better. Yes. It's for a good cause. Listen, you got to be on the right side of history, and the right side of history is Ryan Johnson, and the wrong side of history is Star Wars. Yep. So do that. That is Patreon slash BO Boys. Go give us some money just because you're a good person. 
And that's what good people do. Yeah. And you need to add a variety to let people know that you're a good person and that Ryan Johnson had a, a big it, box office hit. And he's a great man. Yep. So we did it, Pat. We did it. We did it. And until next time, we'll, we'll smell, smell you at the box office. office. Nailed it.